0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hey guys, welcome back to vacay. I'm your host, Lisa Hamilton. I truly just want to jump on into this week's episode chatting to rugby leagues but also television's Bo Ryan you guys would have seen him on your tv screens on the footy show when you were growing up and then of course we've all been graced with his seamless transition into being what I think is one of Australia's most impressive new media personalities I said it I I'm going out on a limb I think he's I think he's really talented and of course, that shows he is back for a second season as the host of Australia's Amazing Race. So, of course, we're chatting all about that in today's episode and the challenges that they faced throughout production, given that they went out on a limb and and filmed a freaking travel reality series in the middle of a pandemic. They did everything safely. And I'm sure that the finished product is going to be amazing. As in amazing race. I did it. I went there. And when the bad puns start coming out, that's how we know it's time to get to the episode. I am sorry about that. Hi Bo Ryan, uh, welcome to Vacay, I, I feel like I have to call you full name Bo Ryan because I grew up watching you on my TV screen, so this is like, this is super exciting for me. It's Bo Ryan.
0: Yeah, thanks Lisa, it's, um, that's what kids come up to me and if like I'm out in Cronulla or even recently when we're away, kids will come, it's always full name, or well, not even kids, people just, it's full yeah. name, how Bo are you Ryan. Bo Ryan? Um which I think is strange because I don't know how many other people that happens to like. I don't see people going up, hey, Carl Stefanovic or stuff like that. So I'm used to it, um, and it's good to see it.
1: Well, we'll we'll transition to Bo now that we're now you that can we're call Bo me that. Okay, that's my name.
0: It's all I'm. I'm cool.
1: Well, uh, most importantly, you're returning as the host of Amazing Race Australia. It's coming back on February the first, seven thirty p.m. on Channel Ten. As far as reality tv series go and and travel reality tv series go this is pretty iconic i mean this must be the best job in the world
0: yeah i was actually sitting in this room here at um channel 10 when they pitched the show to me and I, i said yes before my manager kicked me in the leg and said we'll think about it um they actually pitched a couple of shows and when yeah straight away i just knew it was me i mean i travel a lot um love the outdoors um i'm australian Uh, And I just, I don't know, it just, it it feels like everything I've done in my career has just pointed me to this moment. And yeah, it's just, last year was my first season, obviously it was everyone's first season in terms of the production company and uh, we were back after a few years, there was a, 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 you know, obviously Amazing Race Australia four or five years ago, but then we were back and um, yeah, this year we just feel more experienced, obviously we're at home because the borders are closed and... I couldn't be prouder of it.
1: I mean, you did such an awesome job with the first season, but you know, it goes without saying, like the big C word um, really messed a lot of production around for people. But what what are some of the the biggest changes um, to production? And and I guess for the viewers, what are they gonna notice um, that COVID's had an effect on this show?
0: Well, the main thing is we won't be overseas, but the viewers won't really be affected. but definitely the production changed massively. I mean, we have a risk assessment team, who which is super important for our show. I know they all, for all the all shows on TV, but especially a travel show. Uh, we had daily testing in quarantine. Uh, well, we had quarantine first before we started the show, uh, which meant we started up the top end of Australia in quarantine for two weeks in a room. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever done that or many of your listeners have, but salute to you. We're still alive. Um, daily testing, and then obviously the testing ranges from actual COVID testing, the, the COVID test with the cotton bud up the nose into your brain to temperature temperature tests all day, every day, um, obviously sanitising, keeping our distance until we finish quarantine. Because when we finish quarantine, once you do the – once we quarantine as a bubble um, and we hit some communities and different parts of Australia, then – Uh, obviously no one had COVID. We'd all done the 14 days, we'd all uh, outlasted it and when we are all COVID free, then we could move around and we were hitting communities and places that literally have had no cases and will have no cases whether they're up the top end or bottom of Australia, not including Victoria at the time, which was riddled with it. Um, So a lot of the communities were worried just in case, you know, we brought it in, but after we did the quarantine and worked with the local governments, um yeah it was good it felt like it was a punish at the start because it was so overwhelming whether you were just wiping down cameras or keeping distance from each other and having skeleton crews we we worked on smaller crews rather than big crews um and just all individually you know we might have t- 10 or 20 three-man crews um one week, after about two weeks we got used to it and I don't know, I'm still voicing over a lot of the episodes now and it looks, it looks you know, if not, it looks probably better than last year.
1: The magic of TV, right? You wouldn't know that there's a yeah. no pandemic going on. But, like, no. did you get any, any more used to having the COVID test? Because I've had it twice and yeah. every time I, like, fully gag and it's not cute at all.
0: Now No, well, everyone, you, I was sort of bracing for it Because, you know, everyone spoke about how heavy it was And I remember the first one when I got done down in Sydney And the lady went right in And it felt like 10 seconds When she was really moving the, um, the tip around the cotton ball Whatever it is um, It felt like it, yeah, literally was in my brain But once we got to Queensland, we got tested at the airport um, We got tested here before we left at the airport Then we got, um, our tests came back and they were good And then we got tested at uh up in Queensland. Then we we're getting tested in quarantine. I I actually did get used to it. I think one of the ladies I had as well probably wasn't as rough as the other ones. Um and it was lady. quicker. Yeah, so I don't understand the like, you know, some some people were up there for three, four seconds, some were just real quick. So I did to be honest, I did get used to it. Um it's uncomfortable but it's just part of it.
1: Yeah, you have to do it. And Yeah. You know, you wouldn't wish any of this shit that's been going on, but in a way it's kind of nice that the season was isolated to Australia, especially after the year that we had last year with all the bushfires, Mm. which totally devastated a lot of communities. Was it nice in a way and almost like without being too like smushy, but like a bit of a love letter to Australia, sort of going back to these communities and showing off Australia? Was, Was that the sense that you had when you were filming?
0: Big time. I mean, I loved going to our obviously our major cities are great. You know, Sydney, um, Brisbane's fantastic, um, and then Hobart. We went everywhere, but um, borders were closed for WA, which made it hard. But we saw every other nook um, of Australia. But yeah, the regional communities and a lot of the communities inland, uh, in terms like right in the middle of Australia, that get no exposure. That. I didn't, some I didn't know existed, some I thought about going to but, you know, probably wouldn't. Um, after going there and seeing the people in the towns and stuff to do and meeting the locals and trying the local food and just seeing how they live, um, it was a really good feeling because a lot of these places literally haven't been put on the map before. I mean, there have been other TV shows but not a big show like this, a big – national show that's going to be have big exposure and have a lot of eyes on it so to go to these towns especially ones out like even western new south wales and obviously alice springs and in the middle uh it was a real eye-opener for me and i definitely want to go back um even though we did see the best of the towns we were there for you know sometimes 24 hours two days but yeah there's being you know, in the middle of a pandemic and not not being able to travel overseas, there are a lot of people out there traveling at the moment and it's only going to get busier after our show. I feel like it's just a big tourism ad and it just um, – everyone's super proud of it. But, the you know, the places we went to that were off the grid were probably some of our favorite
1: Oh, awesome. I can't wait to, to see those. Now, just to take a little bit of a, a sidestep on this podcast, sometimes I like to get a little bit highbrow and ask people um, if they've ever had any shitty experiences. So I'm putting it to you. Did, have you ever had a situation?
0: In terms of what? Travel. Travel. In travel.
1: And did anything like that happen in the show that we don't see? Did anyone uh, get caught out?
0: Um. Well, look, there's there's problems every day on the show And the funny thing about the show The ca- cameras are always rolling We have I remember walking in when we went to Korea last year And I first saw the room The tech room where we set it up And it was literally a hallway Full of cameras and audio equipment And um, engineering stuff And, you know Or all the stuff they use to download data and I got really overwhelmed I didn't realize how big the show was because you see people but you're all high and by until you all get you're never really all together except for the first episode until the the the, the pit start but um there are a lot of problems along the way I didn't see most of them because I was with my own crew but I'm sure Australia's going to see a lot of them um but in terms of my personal travel, I remember my wife and I went to Macau years ago. Many years. we travel we we travelled a lot, especially before kids. And I was playing footy at the time, I think. And I can only travel because see, footy players can only travel in October,
1: right?
0: Uh, and get married in October because that's your four. You get five weeks off right. or, or December. They, that's there's only a window. That's why all the all the players get married then. Um, and we travelled. We went to Macau. Now I got promised it was going to be like like Las Vegas. <laughs> Um, four times the size. Now, I, was, I like Las Vegas. Obviously, everyone does. Now, we got to Macau, and it was four times the size of Vegas in size, I'd say. All the same sort of buildings, but it was nothing like Vegas. <laughs> it was shit. It was shit. <laughs> it was, um... Everyone bumping into you. Everyone's in a rush to go nowhere. I mean, I'm not a gam- big gambler, but you know, everyone's basically come from China just to gamble there. And right. whereas everyone in Vegas goes to have fun and look around and explore and party, and it was not what we expected. We, uh, my wife and I, ended up going over to Hong Kong for a while because it's just a ferry road, ac- a ferry ride across, right. which you got to go through customs and change countries. So
1: went, we're lucky we're travelling lot in Macau.
0: Oh yeah, we we actually went out one day. My wife and I went to the went to the Disneyland over in Hong oh, Kong. Oh
1: yeah,
0: and it's so we got the ferry across, and we ended up going to Disneyland in the morning, and bringing back you know, um, getting all different bags, show bags and stuff like that. And We come back into the city of Hong Kong. And it was about five o'clock. And we went to a local bar and then all I remember is the next day we're coming home on a ferry at 10am so we had a big night (laughs) and we're still carrying all the, at the time, all the show bags and stuff for my nieces and nephews because we didn't have kids and um, yeah, so we we got burned by Hong Kong. Hong Kong got the better of us and then we went back to Ship Macau to relax.
1: Yeah right. So won't be putting Macau back on the to travel list once once we can go. Well, I didn't
0: really know where to go, and I'm sure I'm going to give it another chance. But just if borders open, if international borders open, it's not in my top fifty places to go. Right. Actually, top hundred. You know what? Top two hundred.
1: Yeah right.
0: It's not in my top two hundred. Okay, so a bit of
1: travel before we're going back to Macau.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hong Kong, different story.
1: Yeah right. My. My fiancé grew up there, actually, so he's got some, some tales from the road. Rogue- in Macau? No, in Hong Kong.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. No, no. Hong Kong, I'm good. Oh, Hong Kong's fantastic. Yeah. Macau, no.
1: No, no, no. Now, I want to talk about the cast for a minute. Now, looking at the the full picture that came out when it was announced, it's, it's no secret that it's just like – jam-packed with diversity. And it, it must be nice to, to work on a show when so many other reality TV shows kind of miss the mark there when it comes to including all walks of life. It must be nice to work on a show like this.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, they nailed the casting. They nailed it last year and then this year is probably even better. We, we're we spoiled for choice because we have so many people apply, which makes it much easier. We had over 30,000 people, over 15,000 couples apply. Wow. Um, so we had a good spread of diverse people and the best thing about our country is there's so many different cultures, especially living in Sydney, it's just, um, different cultures everywhere, Western Sydney. Um, so we have a lot of people from different backgrounds and they are Australian and the people that we had in the show couldn't have been better representatives of our country. I mean, we even had some Sikh Indians and I don't know much about the Sikhs. Uh, I remember we had quarantine and I was really confused because i got to explain the cast. And I had my cast, when I had the cast and I was sitting in quarantine, I had like a printout of all the faces to learn the teams and their bios on the wall, you know, like serial killers. <laughs> or is it people to catch serial killers? <laughs> so I'm learning them. And then when I met the boys, I just remember them being so tall and – um complete opposite to what the picture showed me. I thought they were going to be small, petite guys, um, reserved, and they're just these big, confident guys. And it's sort of – they were a wonderful representation of their culture and it really opened my eyes because, again, I don't know much about them, if anything, Um, and I had good chats to them each and every day and to learn, um, you know, people from – even from Outback outback Australia who are typical – who are probably the hardest to understand when they speak. You've got all the other people from all over the world and then the Aussies are probably the hardest to understand, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, But it was great. We had a couple of African um, girls who were just uh, real good fighters and super educated, super talented, um, and they've all just been given an opportunity. And the show's hard, man. The show is physically hard, um, physically hard, and it's uh, obviously mentally draining. But a lot of the people here, this opportunity has already changed their life. I get messages off a few of the teams now who are on the billboards and it's already changed their life. But this next three months is definitely going to change their lives. And other people from the same backgrounds who look at those people for inspiration, we had Roa and Amani. Um, from from Bankstown who I've gone and seen since and I went and saw her. She's got a, a gym in Western Sydney and she trains out of there and they're a Muslim mother and, mother and daughter who'd been to hell and back um, and competed last year and it's changed their life forever now with um, a lot of people from their community applying, a lot of people that look up to them from their background, from their religion. Um, so the show doesn't have any barriers. The only barriers in our show at the moment is the borders that are stopped but other yeah. than that, anyone and everyone can be on it and that's the best thing about it.
1: Totally. And I mm. think that's the best part about reality TV shows at large. I mean, representation does so much for the people as well who are sitting at home and watching and see themselves mm. on the TV screen or see yeah. someone like them.
0: Yeah. And we're lucky, man. We especially to be, be, be so blessed with being, you know, growing up in Australia and especially, yeah, we had, um, yeah, Tina and Milan from, from, from Africa who have been through everything just to be alive. Um, and then we had Joe Bell and Rani, the Filipino. Um, Mother us, uh, father and daughter. Who, um, you know, he's been working out of a food truck to put food on the table, and just the adversity they faced to just get to Australia, and now be on the show. It's just, um, it's just good to give him an opportunity. Yeah. Hey?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Now, last season, you copped a bit of heat online about the awkward hugs, mm-hmm. yeah. but you you embraced it literally for with COVID. I imagine there were no hugs well, going on this season. Yeah,
0: you're going to have to wait and see. The thing with COVID, um, when the show, because we're filming, literally, literally filming eight to ten hours a day. Like I'm talking, literally filming that time, not 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 including travel and breaks and, um, you know, doing a recce of a site. So literally, the cameras are rolling. Not so much for me because we're moving around between challenges, but. Um, There's a lot of interactions and stuff like that. So I just fell back into what I naturally want to do and how I naturally feel. And the best thing about Channel 10 for me, last year they said, do what you want, say what you want, make it your own. And I watched a little bit of the Australian one, which made me really confused um, because it was just not how I am. And I remember I come back into town, I said, you got the wrong guy. And they said, no, we don't. You just make it your own. Um, Obviously watch the American one, but that's a whole different ball game over there. They're getting helicopters to breakfast. Um... And you know he's a star, so I just sort of met somewhere in the middle, and then the pit stop was as live, and I just say what I want, no earpiece, no, no script, and we just say what we feel. So sometimes I hug, sometimes I don't. But um COVID made it hard, but I did find a way to embrace them.
1: I love the hugs, so I mean, I- oh, it's hard
0: not to when you, yeah, when you, when you, when you, like especially we're on an island somewhere. I won't say up in. And, and one of the teams come in, I think, last or second last, and it was an, an elimination. So when, when you see what they've been through, like, you've got to remember, we're away for months. We've quarantined. They've got no phone, no interaction with friends or family. They've got no television. Like, you're broken already, and I'm broken, and I get to speak to my kids every day, and there's people on the show with kids and with family and uh, missing friends, missing everything. Um, so when you see them coming in, and when you see them distraught or elated... Um, yeah, you'd be a psycho not to hug them.
1: Yeah, but I think that's uh, that's what makes you a really great host. I mean, it, it, you really do come across so personable and, and genuinely seems like you're you're friends with the contestants. And I, I remember that distinctly from last season. So I think you're doing a great job. Do what it, do what comes naturally to you. Do whatever happens. Yeah. So at the end of Vacay, I ask guests what's their golden ticket. If there was no pandemic. No oh, yeah. money restrictions, no family restrictions. Where are you going tomorrow? Yeah. Where in the world?
0: Mm. Um, Not Macau? And for, no, no, for how long? How long <laughs> how can ever, go for?
1: However long you want to go for.
0: Yes, yeah, that's a good question. I think about this question a lot. <laughs> um, I like... I, My instinct tells me Croatia because I've never been there um, and I just always want to go there. I've got friends. I've never been there, man. So that's where I always think about when I get asked that question. That's the first thing that pops in my mind um, and I'm picturing a certain type of Croatia I want to go to. It's good. You take your family there. You take your friends there. My son would love it. Um, he would probably get locked up but that's okay my daughter <laughs> would be doing her thing there's so many options i'd probably say croatia um but again there's a part of me that wants to go to i don't, I don't my manager, my manager always get, talks about it but it wouldn't be the same sort of holiday but he he always wants to go to lake como he goes to lake como all oh, the time my bonjourno.
1: agent
0: yeah and i think it's like if the, the reason why I'm saying there is because if money's not an issue, I would never, ever go there because it's like some of those places are like 5,000 US a night on the lake I mean where George Clooney lives.
1: Yeah, you go so, hang out with George.
0: I mean, that's right. So if, if money's not an issue, I'd probably go Lake Como because I reckon at some stage I'll get to Croatia. We're actually meant to go to Croatia last, like this year and film.
1: Well, you know what? I, it's your golden ticket. I'm going to let you go Lake Como, then Croatia. Just bundle it. Yeah,
0: but I might not. If my wife likes it, she likes expensive things and that, so we'll probably end up staying at Lake Como. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little minute to to shout out, to plug whatever you need to, where can people find you? And of course, yeah. um we can put, put the details of uh, Amazing Race at the end as well.
0: Yeah, follow the Amazing Race, um, Amazing Race at at Amazing Race AU um, or in our channel ten. We're going to have a lot of content last year we shot uh i think we do a lot of behind the scenes we take a sort of bat phone just like the one i'm holding with us to film and last year we filmed about 700 videos to be used for social which is like a first um this year we we dropped about three and a half thousand so a lot get edited otherwise um you know some of them i'll probably be in jail for but (laughs) we've got i think over 1500 videos that we're going to use behind the scenes um not leaking anything but just showing where we are where we're going and just between shoots to just give people a you know a a vision of what i see and what i go through and what the teams go through what the the production goes through meeting locals so amazing race i use dropping all that um they've got all the they've got the they've got all the good content um and channel 10 obviously on so you know we're on facebook instagram twitter there's a fan page um uh, where people you know can talk about the show and say i'm a dickhead for hugging people or i didn't hug too much or (laughs) enough or you know there's not enough diversity or there's too much diversity you know everyone's a cop everyone's a lefty everyone's a narc so everyone jumps on that and has their shout out which is good for track which is good for traction um and then my (laughs) channels um you know obviously i'm plugging the show so yeah just get around channel 10 an amazing race and um yeah we'll go from there
1: Awesome, and so it's February first, February 30 p.m. straight on after 10. I'm a celeb
0: finale. After Grant Daniel wins it, doesn't he? Does Grant Daniel win it? Don't know. So straight after the <laughs> I'm a celeb um, finale, and Grant Daniel wins. <laughs> what does he win? Two hundred fifty grand. No. Doesn't know. So we've got uh, we've got a live finale for I'm a celeb coming in hot, and then straight off the back of that. Uh, We got our first episode. The first few are heavy because there's so much, there's so many teams. We've got 14 teams, long episodes, I think an hour and a half, just trying to meet everyone, and we are in the tropics. It is hot, it is humid, and it is dangerous, and it's a great start.
1: Amazing. Well, I'm so looking forward to watching that. Bo Ryan, or Bo now as I affectionately call you. Whatever you you want. Um, It has been so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me, and and good luck with, with the ride.
0: Thanks, Lisa. Make sure you, um, yeah, I just want everyone to watch it. But also, um, we've already announced the teams on um, socials, and I think everyone should find a team, resonate with them, whether they want to, you know, they, well, they they like them, don't like them, and um, just invest in a team because that's the best way to watch it. That's what my kids do. I still haven't told them who won, even though um, just mainly because of NDAs and contract issues. But and you don't, my you don't kids trust are the team. <laughs> I do not trust my. I trust my daughter. I do not trust my son. But um, yeah, pick a team, invest in them, and um, may the best team win. Awesome. All
1: right. Thank you so much, Bo.
0: Thank you.